This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis.
Hello, how are you? Welcome back. Hope you've had a good week. And uh, being the last show of the month means I'm joined by Joe Harrop. Joe, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. How are you? It's I'm very well. I'm guessing you're full of the joys of spring, right? Spring and summer. I'm loving all the blossom on the trees and the summer is on its way. I love London in the spring. It's so pretty and beautiful, isn't it? It's so much colour everywhere. You've actually been putting some lovely pictures up on your Instas and uh, a few nice tweets as well. Just take you out with the dog and just full of blooms and colour. Yes, yes. We're celebrating and we're celebrating. Are we... People are so happy just to be back out again, aren't they? Just being able to see each other and sit in beer gardens and be sociable yep. again and the promise of live gigs again, you know? it's, um, it's There you go. Up. It is, see? <laughs> the dark days are behind us. We can bring happiness to you for the next two hours with that news alone. And uh, we've got a guest with us this month as well, haven't we? We have a very special guest indeed, somebody who uh, we've wanted to talk to for a while. She's absolutely stunning singer from the US, um, from originally from New York, lives in California now, um, the wonderful John, Jane Monet. And we'll be hearing from her in a, well, for the first part of the interview and about 20 minutes time. But we opened up the show this week, actually, with Dave Lewis, my namesake. Well, near enough namesake. Never call me Dave, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, that's the end. Down. No more shows. No more DJ don't, Dave. Don't. Also, I'm a presenter, dear, not a DJ. So no, I'm not DJ and I'm not DJ has, Dave. You should know me better. It has a ring to it, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, I'm a cut above. DJ David, see, different again, you see. <laughs> I'll be playing classical gigs or something. Um, yes, yeah, so we've got Dave Lewis with us uh, at the club live streaming this weekend. He's uh, played with them all, including the Blockheads and Eric Clapton. And he's got his quartet with him, which comprised of, I think, band members you know, actually, Robin Aspland, Neville Malcolm mm -hmm. on the bass, and Rod Youngs is on the drums. What a beautiful band that will be. Uh, so I would 100% recommend anybody tuning in this weekend. I will be. They are um, um, all really wonderful players and friends of mine too. Um, there you and go. And for a moment I thought that you'd recorded your own album until I realised it was Dave and not David. See, see, the devil is always in the detail. <laughs> 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 yeah, quickly learning the sax and banging out an album. That's me. I had a spare <laughs> afternoon. There is a story about that. If we get chance, I'll, I'll tell you about it a little bit later on. Remind me, remind me. But um, carrying on now with the guys, the guys over at No Room Records were very kind enough to send me through their debut single, Caroline Vane, an American, now living in London. It's a song that's full of summer feeling, and this is beautiful. A song for you. Bottom line, and I. 
song from Caroline Vane. So I mentioned her debut single, which is available on Apple Music and over on Spotify, and hopefully we're going to be getting more tracks from her later in the year, so I've been told. So we've got some something seasoned and something new coming up. We're going to be playing some Jim Mullen in just a moment, and I know you played with Jim recently, and then also this month uh, you put up a message on social media about independent artists getting in touch with you and uh, sending over some music. We've had a great response to that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, people have been so creative over lockdown, haven't they? They've been making some wonderful music and sometimes it's really hard to know how to get your music played and and played to enough people and and new people, you know, rather than just using your socials all the time. So I thought, you know, there's a lot of um, Facebook friends with a lot of um, other artists, musicians, singers, uh, that if I sent the word out see what comes back that that we'd be able to give people a platform to to play their new music on and for it to be heard and people are so grateful you know as I am when people ask if they can play my tracks it's it's really lovely and it feels like you know you're reaching new audiences I think it's really important Mm. to support new artists it it really is and uh, you know there's not enough platforms really for people to get the music out to so this is um I'm really glad we're able to be able to play in this month and next the songs that people have, have sent over. And if your song wasn't featured this month, it definitely will be next month in yeah, May. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so we've got a couple of new artists coming up on the show, uh, well, first of which is coming up in a few moments' time. But uh, before that, Jim Mullen, who you played with recently, didn't you? Oh, Jim, bless him. I, I've honestly, like, I've followed him and, and known about him for years and everybody saw Jim Mullen, he's the best. And I've never had the opportunity to play with him until the last month where I've been um, guest vocal in a band run by Paul Moran, another jazz Geordie, uh, called Smoking B3, which is um, a Hammond organ band and Jim's the guitarist in that band and Ms. Clough on the drums. And he is just a superstar. He really is great. And, you know, his playing is just amazing. But he's such a gentleman, and I love mm. the fact that when I walk in the in the um, in the venue, Jim's always there with a glass of wine in his hand, and he's you know, like, oh, can I tempt you with one? <laughs> <laughs> good accent as well. Good accent. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is uh, play a track from uh, the most recent of Jim Mullen's albums called Volunteers, going back just a couple of years. We're going to play Rule of Thumb, and then after that, uh, a track from one of the independent artists that got in touch with you, Carmela Rapaz, and Dancing with Minotaur.
This dream inside my brain Keep on grasping at a metaphor Before I go insane Is it some inane symbolic thing That's buried deep inside Am I onto something really big That I should try to hide So far tongue inside my cheek better bite it or hide what's deep inside of me why won't it let me be I keep waiting for a miracle to appear in front of me and ignore all of the daily ones that never cease to be Dancing with a minotaur or minotaur, we don't know, by Carmilla. We're not sure. <laughs> and next up, If you say minotaur, I, I gave it minotaur, so we covered both you ways. You say then. minotaur, I say <laughs> minotaur. <laughs> there you go, it's a whole songbook there for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be corrected. Um, there's a song now that we're going to play for you by our guest who we have on the show tonight, Jane Monet. And this is a song that she... Um, asked us to play because it's um it's actually one of the many features that she's been asked to uh, sing on an album for somebody else actually as well as recording her own music she's actually quite often asked to be a guest on other musicians albums and this is a, a u.s singer called nicholas king who we haven't heard of before but it's beautiful no, no. and it's actually is called but beautiful so this is nicholas king featuring jane monet Thank you. 
Oh. 
Jane indeed has been a, a busy person during the last year of lockdown, as we'll hear during the interview, which is coming up in the next five minutes or so, the first part of the interview. But um, again, back to the independent artists that have been in touch with you, really, because as I say, you put out that message. And this is Dean Stockdale, a pianist who uh, was kind enough to send over his album. We'll be featuring more tracks. Well, I certainly will be over the weeks that I'm missing you. Uh, I'll play some more tracks from Dean. But uh, let's hope that more artists get in touch and send over some material. And by the way, how are gigs looking for you at the moment? Well, um, I think as um, as it stands, there's about five in the book um, up until July. But people are being very cautious, obviously, because they don't want to start booking loads of stuff and then it all gets cancelled because there's a, a lot of effort goes into planning these gigs and having to apply for all of the planning, security stuff yeah. as well. So, so yeah, Cadogan Hall's sold out now, so you, but you can still watch it online. And then I've got one in the book at 6.06 on the 27th of June. Please come to that because we love to see you there. It's really intimate and we want to pack the place out as much as we're allowed. Is that your own gig? I don't know what we're doing yet, but yes, my own gig. Which to Steve Sorrow, sorry, But we're going to have a... Um, we're going to have a great time because it's going to be one of the first ones we can actually have an audience in there. and People back you know, in, yeah. Come down, say hi. Are we allowed to hug yet? I'm going to hug you anyway. Hug, hug, hug. What day of the week is that? Sunday night. A Sunday night. Even I yeah. can't think of an excuse not to come then. No. I'm not working on a Sunday you'll night. You'll get a hug. going to get a hug. <laughs> I'll bring my squirt with me. I'll disinfect myself afterwards. You'll disinfect <laughs> Everybody's hugging. <laughs> well, let's, uh, shall we take a little listen to Dean then? Dean Stockdale. Oh, and swingy, it's a, a standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful song. That's right. River.
Uh, yes, I will for sure be playing more from uh, Dean Stockdale over the coming weeks. So, at last, it's time that we get to meet the woman behind the voice, Jane Monet. We uh, sat down with her last week and recorded an interview, being all very LA, weren't we, darling? Oh, yes. What a gorgeous Speaking- woman she is. She was, she really was. And she had her pet chihuahua come onto the interview oh, towards the end as well. Chihuahuas all there. But she was yeah, just our, so our kind of person. She really is. Yeah. I've got a great energy and um, incredible voice, incredible career so so far, you know. Um, I think, what did you say she'd recorded? Like 15 albums already? Up to, yeah, it's just, just short of 20 albums, pretty much one a year. She since looks she's, like she's uh, about 30 or something. <laughs> I know. And busy, busy, busy. Married, yes. sons. You, know, you, should, you should be able to relate completely, shouldn't you? I know. Because uh, we spoke to while she uh, was quiet at home. The only person there briefly was her husband, but I think he'd been put on quiet steps, so... <laughs> but uh, what she she's recorded uh, recorded and released an album a little early this year called Come What May, and we're going to be featuring tracks from that album through the course of the interview. And what we thought we would do is at the start of the interview, play the title track. So we will welcome now Jay Monet to the show, and you're listening to Joe Harrop, myself, David Lewis, and this is Straight Ahead. If you want to know what's happening at the six, check out the website at 606club.co.uk. Take 
It is now time that uh, we bring on our guest that we mentioned that uh, we're going to have on straight ahead this week, all the way from the US. We've got Jane Monet with us. Jane, hello and welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're very excited to have you. I've been following you for quite some time now. Absolutely love your voice. Absolutely well, thank you it. so much. That's so kind of you. Thank you. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about everything about you, hopefully, you know, your career, what got you into music, the latest album, clearly, we'll be talking to you about. But uh, you're, you're born in New York, weren't you? I was. I was born on Long Island and I grew up there until I was 17 and then I moved to the city and was there until I was, I think, 38, 37 or 38. Now I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, no, I was going to say you, you were... Um recording from a, a real young age as well in New York City you were you had some you were performing and you you actually recorded your first album age 22. I did yeah I was really really young but you know I was lucky that I was in New York I was in you know the center of the jazz yeah. universe so I think that was part of why I was able to get such a good start so early. And it just sounds so um, rich and mature from that age, you know, from being from being such a young age to be able to sing jazz in that way is it's it's mind blowing. It's I'm I'm quite a late starter in singing in singing jazz. So I was just when I listened to your first album, I'm just so impressed. I, I love how much depth there is there. Well, thank you so much. I you know I was a lucky kid who had an amazing group of people around me who you know helped me to you know, put together this amazing album while still letting me be myself. So it was kind of an ideal situation looking back. You know what I mean? I was a lucky kid. And how does it work over there? Because there's various ways that musicians sort of go through the ranks over here. You can either just do the gigging route, you get your experience by being at gigs, or you go the formal education route and go to, you know, the Berkeleys of this world. How did you go about it? Both at the same time. Okay. <laughs> which, which was ideal. Honestly, um, you know, being in music school was nice because it gave me a really great foundation of musicianship. Um, you know, I, you know, got my degree from Manhattan School of Music and all of that was wonderful. But what was probably way more essential than that was being on the bandstand at the same time. You know what I mean? And because I was in New York City and had all these gigs and, you know, I had teachers hiring me for gigs. Do you know what I mean? I was able to gain all of these, this experience. And then by the time it was, you know, album making time, I had really been, I mean, I'd been playing gigs every night for years and years already. So I, I really had, I was ready for the opportunity. I was, I was ready. That's great. And, and did you always want to be a jazz singer from being a child? Oh yeah. From day one. So does that mean jazz was around the, the household then with mum and dad? Did they used to listen to that kind of music, the swing and so on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not my father, but my mom and her parents um, really, uh, really loved that music. And so I heard it every day from the time I was born. And, um, you know, my father was a bluegrass musician. So I was getting all that kind of stuff at the same time. My mother loved musical theater. I was getting all of that. Plus, if you're from New York, musical theater is part of your life. So, <laughs> so um, you know, it was it was quite an education. It's a very d different route to you then, Joe, isn't it? Because it's interesting that when Joe and I have, you know, artists on the show, I'm the only non-musical one amongst it. So it's really interesting to hear stories compare of how it works out for you to get to the point of, you know, actually making albums and being successful in the career. It's really different for everyone. This is a business where there isn't one clear path. 
You know, um, I think that, you know, getting an education is important, but I, but I really, really think that experience is everything here. Absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of, um, artists really did you identify with when you were, when you were going into the jazz scene styles, what, who were the, who your main people who you went to when you, when you were influenced by, you know, the jazz singers, the jazz musicians? As you were growing up? Well, first and foremost, Ella. Um, mm. more, more than anyone. Um, and, I mean, I mean, a tribute album to her. I mean, I think, I think it's just written all over me that I'm an Ella fanatic. It's like, I do not hide it at all. But, <laughs> um, but also, you know, all the great jazz singers have influenced me in one way or another. You know, big time Sarah Vaughan, uh, Carmen McRae, big time Joe Williams, uh, you know, all the greats, but, but then so many singers outside of jazz as well. Judy Garland, uh, Bernadette Peters, Bonnie Raitt. I mean, great communicators and storytellers, you know, yeah, were huge, huge part of my musical upbringing. And out of interest, if we were to take a peek at your playlist now, your Spotify playlist, would it be all the classics or would there be more some, uh, some contemporary artists on there too? Honestly, the the newest stuff I listen to is probably from the eighties right now because I'm like I'm, an, I'm on an Algero kick. I've been for like five years. <laughs> no, I've been on like a five year long Algero. Like it's nuts. I can't stop. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I spend a lot of time listening to the Great American Songbook. It just makes me happy, especially now that I'm not working very much because of the pandemic. So staying connected to that music feels important to me. Yeah. Whereas I didn't listen to nearly as much jazz when I was singing all the time. And when you're mm-hmm. saying you're listening to Algero a lot, is that from a point of view as a fan, a listener, or technically from what he was able to do with that amazing athleticism that he had to his voice? Everything. I'm his biggest fan, but also just as a vocalist, I'm going, holy cow. You know, but not only that, he managed to do all that while, while always staying completely connected to the story. You know what I mean? He he was always in service of the song. It was never ego based. Um, and in addition to that, maybe even more, maybe what I love about him most is that he was just renowned as one of the nicest people in show business. Right. You know, so um, he's just so beloved or was, you know, and still is, is remembered mm. as being unbelievably kind, warm, beautiful human. And I feel like that really comes out through his music. You know what I mean? So these are all reasons why I look up to him immensely. Mm. Wow. But you can certainly hear in your music and your singing and your approach to a song, you can certainly hear how much you listen to um, the American Songbook um, songs in general. But definitely you really do put your own, you own those songs. You really do put your own interpretation on them in such a beautiful way. But you stay true enough to the song, but just with that, just enough improvisation and the perfect amount of scatting and improv just such tasteful scatting and tasteful improvisation that it, it really does fit nothing's out of place but you do really make the songs your own you know you you approach them in a brand new way but equally as beautiful because that's what I find hard when I listen to all of the greats is it's hard to get anybody that kind of like matches up to that and fits in there but you you could you could you know, you're definitely up there with the greats in the way that you approach a song and make it exactly your own with just such taste, I think, is what I want to say. It's very timeless. Well, thank you so much. That I mean, that really means the world to me. 
uh, I mean, especially coming from another singer, you know what I mean? That's just always, you know, so meaningful, but you know, I don't know. I think it's a challenge with the, you know, improvisation, knowing what's too much, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's really important to not, to not overdo it. I think. Yeah. Well, I don't do enough and I've been listening to your albums the last few weeks, knowing that you're coming on the show and studying and I've learned something from you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> from listening to you. <laughs> you. And of course you've had an album that's just recently been released, haven't you? Now, yeah, congratulations. Was, was that a lockdown project or was that album planned prior to pandemic times? Yeah. That was a total pandemic project. Um, I mean, I was already with the label and we had plans to make an album. Do you know what I mean? Like we knew, like that was starting, like that we were in talks already before the pandemic, but you know, nothing creative had been decided yet. Um, so, well, I had sort of an idea of where it was going and then kind of veered from it a bit, which is why the album has sort of like two themes at once. But <laughs> Not that it really matters. I didn't notice that. (laughs) No, no, I was listening to it this afternoon. I didn't pick it up. (laughs) Well, I was first sort of thinking, you know, of, you know, I sort of had this collection of songs I wanted to record that um, were on the mature side. You know what I mean? Tunes that I've had to sort of grow into a bit. Um, But then because of the pandemic, it developed into this whole thing where I was adding in songs that were inspired by how much I miss traveling. And then ultimately we had to make the album so quickly. We made the whole thing in two days with no rehearsal whatsoever. You know, I had to make sure that I was choosing music that the band already knew. So I decided to record a group of songs that were sort of road worn you know what i mean that we'd played a bunch of times at in concerts and i had never recorded that way before i'd always you know recorded music that was well well rehearsed but brand new and uh this was totally so cool to work this way to go in with all of this like really familiar beautiful you know road worn stuff um but that was unrecorded completely unrecorded you know what i mean so at least by us <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, their standards have been recorded before. But uh, so that was a really different way of working and a really cool way of working. But so, yeah, I ended up with this album that sort of has this these two themes, one of this sort of maturity tunes and one of sort of pandemic tunes. Oh, it's it, it really worked. I, I can't believe it was recorded in two days because it's, yeah. um, it sounds so rich and beautiful. It's, it really... Well, the strings were added on later. So to okay. be fair, the strings were added later. So, so yeah, you, you, that's fair enough. Technically, <laughs> if you want to count the string session. But the whole thing was remote <laughs> sessions, was it? No, uh, the band and, and I were live. Well, not the guitar and the percussion. The guitar and percussion were home recorded mm-hmm. um, uh, in New York and Santa Barbara, respectively. And um, But the uh, you know piano, bass, drums, and, and me were in the studio together live. But we were being crazily careful. You know what I mean? We all were tested and quarantining and double masking and distancing and doing everything we could. And luckily, we all stayed super healthy and everything was great. So So tell me more about your band. Can you, um, you know, who are your band and why do you love them? And and how long have you been together? And, you know... Well, I, I, I love working with my musicians, so I always yeah. celebrate them loads. I, I want to hear more about these wonderful players on your album. <laughs> oh, they're so great too. Well, I technically have two bands. Um, I've got like my East Coast band, which is like my main group of guys, 
right? And then I have yeah. my West Coast band, which are the guys that I work with when I'm out here. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. I live here now, so I need to have musicians on the West Coast. So the album is a combination of both. Um, the pianist is my East Coast pianist, my like forever musical partner, my like love. I, I like love this man to a degree that I burst into tears yesterday because I miss him so much. <laughs> Michael Payne. He's wonderful. Uh, I have um, seen him. He's wonderful. He's so amazing. Yeah. And, and the most beautiful human being imaginable. He's yeah. just one of the best friends a person could ever have. And uh, on bass was my West Coast bass player, David Robert. He's an amazing young musician. He's like 10 years younger than me and totally brilliant. And um, on drums, um, my husband, who is both the East and the West Coast drummer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he he could to not to be made with you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do have some other drummers that I work with um, when our husband is with our son. Our husband. When my husband is with our son, um, I do have some other drummers that I work with, um, but mostly it's Rick Mazzolano all the time. And then, so that's um, the trio. Although my East Coast bass player, uh, Neil Miner, who's, you know, the main guy that I work with, he just couldn't make it out because he didn't want to fly the pandemic or the whole thing. You know what I mean? So. Um, I used my West Coast local bass player. But yeah, um, the musicians I use are all yeah. like my closest friends. Like all these guys are my closest friends. And that to me is really important to me. It makes the music a thousand times better, yes. I think, when there's so much love on the bandstand. You know? Well, I guess it's exactly what you're saying about having these well-worn tracks. The band have obviously been together that long, that you read one another, understand one another. And have you been with that that group of musicians for quite a time? Oh, my goodness. My... Uh, well, my husband have been with the longest. Um, we've been playing together for 23 years. Mm. Um, and uh, let's see, my pianist, over 20. Um, my East Coast bass player, probably 15. Um, so so he's, a, long, he's, a, he's a newbie, only 15, I mean. <laughs> well, you know, the, it's, the, it's the West Coast guys that are newer relationships. I've been only playing with these guys for like about four or five years. You know what I mean? So especially my pianist out here, Max Hamer, I've only worked with him maybe now for three years or so. And it's a very new relationship, but we've been doing millions of duo shows together online. So it's developed. Very yeah, we've done one like every month. So. It sounds very cool having a West Coast band and an East Coast band, I've got to say. England's not big enough for that. Yeah, I was just thinking, Jake, I East London <laughs> band and a West London yeah. band. <laughs> I've got, a, I've kind of got a, no, I had a North band, a North band from where I'm from and then a South band, band, band down in London, but the, the Northerners have all moved to London now. So they're all, all the Northerners <laughs> are down in London anyways. Blended. But I, I just, there was so much traveling involved in, in touring in America, it, it, you know, without touring the world, obviously you've got, you guys have got to travel far when you're just touring in your own country, let alone doing world tours. So, you know, like how how has that been because you wouldn't have been able to travel much in the last year at all and I guess you're used to being off and and on the road quite a lot being a musician yeah. over in the states yeah I was never home I was never here um in fact the last tour that I did before the pandemic was the craziest one I ever did the craziest most exhausting like nonsense travel um was and I got I got home the day that everything shut down Wow. It was wow. Great. But yeah, I've been home for a year 
outside of one show that I have in Las Vegas, which was two weeks ago. It was amazing. It was really fun. And I actually am going to do a show this weekend. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I can't believe Amazing. <laughs> Dusting oh, down wow. the passport. And and I'm fully you- vaccinated, so I'm rarity. Come what may places Where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life To get the feel of life From jazz and cocktails The girls I knew had sat in sullen gray faces With distant gay traces That used to be there you could see where they'd been washed away With your siren song to tempt me to madness. I thought for a while that your poignant smile was tinged with the sadness of a great love for me. Ah, yes, I was wrong. I was wrong Life is lonely again While only last year Everything seems so sure Now life is off A trough full of hearts could only be a
Forget you Yes, the ball of energy that is uh, our guest this week, Jay Monet. You reached out to her on social media, didn't you, and got in touch with her? Yeah, I've been following her for a little while. Um, and this is the beauty about this this kind of change in the world as everybody's reaching out to each other and usually you get a response quite quickly, um, <laughs> which is lovely. And, and that was a piece of advice really is, is to reach out to, to people mm. who you admire. And, and she straight away came, she said, sure, I'd love to. Um, and you know, she's, she's just had a great career so far and, and it's got a really beautiful way of interpreting the jazz songs and she she loves them you can tell so you know i, I know that's what you were most keen about you you were talking on interview with her about the way she interprets and mm. reinterprets songs which clearly is a skill and not being a singer i wouldn't quite understand how hard that is but i can imagine well you listen to all of the greats singing the pretty much definitive versions and then you have to be brave enough to be able to take it away from that tastefully enough to make it something your own but still stay loyal enough to the song that you know people recognize it and still mm. love it and yeah I, I, it's a major skill you know like I almost find it easier to write a new, new song from scratch <laughs> sometimes than oh. doing that because I'm so loyal to the you know somebody's written it that way and somebody's written the melody and the lyrics so beautifully that you know it's it's a it's a heart you've got to do it really well of which very subtly done I like writing my music how's the old album coming along we finished writing all the songs for, for this one now, um, although there would probably be more in the bank for, the, for another album because we got into quite a flow. But honestly, um, it's in its final stages now. It's just kind so of... So still on for an autumn release then? Yes, hopefully, unless something goes terribly wrong. But yeah, um, yes, we're on track, I think. it's It's been fun. And our outro this week is going to be the uh, single from the album that uh, oh, has now been getting yeah. some airplane support, hasn't it? The gorgeous yeah. If I Knew. But that's that's the last track on the show this week. It had to be the last track on the show this week because I'll be in a flood of tears by the end of it. So. <laughs> Me too. Back to the uh, live streams. This coming Friday, the 30th of April, we have got Tony Kofi with us, a lovely guy, a beast of a sax yeah. player. Had him on the show last year and I hope you've got your account set up now. All you need to do to be able to watch these live streams before you can set foot in the club again, which is coming very soon, go over to 606club.co.uk. It's a free account to create and then just pay a small music fee each time you want to watch one of these artists from the comfort of your own home. So, as I mentioned, this coming Friday, we have got Tony Kofi with us and this is a live recording and indeed the title track of his last set as well, Another Kind of Soul. Listen online, on DAB and on smart speakers. Straight ahead with London's leading music venue, the 606 Club.
Now, I happen to know for a fact you know Tony ever so well because one of the last gigs I saw you play was with Tony. Yeah, I adore Tony. We've been working together a few years now and uh, he's such a an energy to play with, so wonderful to perform next to. And, and also, much to my utter surprise, is, you know, the, the compliments and, and lovely support that he's shown me over the years when I, you know, when I was kind of starting out is just exactly you know the kind of wonderful thing that you sometimes need to hear as an artist coming from somebody of his stature he he's been such a wonderful friend to me as well honestly it's um i I love working with him and he's such a professional if i've learned anything about being a musician i've learned so much from tony kofi because he's so professional you know whatever gig he's playing whether it's in a, Mm. a small venue or a big venue he has the same professional attitude he plays his ass off no matter where he is and he's he's practicing he's the first one in the venue before everybody else gets there warming up um you know he always puts his homework in he's he's just incredible and such a lovely human being as well beautiful man the kind the kind of guy you want to be on the stand with really yeah so should we get back to uh jane yes let's get back to our jane she's um really uh swinging this next number um which is a which is a great well-known jazz standard and i think that she loves singing the ballads like we all do but i think it was something that she she mentioned that she um felt like everybody needed some kind of like joy this year mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a fabulous jazz standard called on the sunny side of the street your coat and get your hat leave your worries on the doorstep just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street can't you hear the pitter pat and that happy tune is your step oh life can be so sweet on the sunny side of the street I used to walk in the shade with my blues on parade but now I'm afraid this rover crossed over if I never have a cent I'd be rich as Rockefeller at my feet on the sunny sunny side of the street Judgment 
On reflection, looking back through the period of the lockdowns that we've had through the course of last year, has it been a good creative space for you? Because what we're finding is that artists, once they got over the shock, actually found they had space to create something different, maybe look at different areas they wanted to get into, something they hadn't had time to work or practice or rehearse on. You know, for me, I think it was it was a little different than that because I think what it did is it just sort of like reset my perspective and made me realise that you know, what I've been doing the last couple of years where I've really just focused way back down onto the Great American Songbook. Um, Because I was really straying out of it a lot on, you know, previous projects. Um, But by really getting, by tightening right back down to it, like I realized that's exactly where I belong. Like I just feel so at home with the songbook and missing it so much and like just realizing that, you know, it's like absence making the heart grow fonder. You know, it's one of those kind of things. I just, I, my relationship with the songbook is like ultra confirmed to me now, <laughs> you know, um, I just, uh, you yeah. do it so well. <laughs> well, thank you. Where do you, where do you, um, where do you like to perform? What kind of venues do you like the intimate venues or do you prefer kind of doing festivals or big stages? What, what kind of, um, audience do you like to perform to the most? Well, the audiences are the most fun in the little clubs. Do you know what I mean? You know, because everyone feels like they can talk back to you, not to each other. We don't want, we don't want that. We want them to be quiet and listen, but I love when people talk back to me from the audience and stuff like that and like get into it. Like I'm thinking specifically about Blues Alley in Washington. That, that is maybe my favorite audience to just to hang out with. Do you know what I mean? Blues Alley in Washington. They're so great. But then in terms of like being on stage and performing, being in the big halls, is really fun. And just sweeping out on the stage right. in a big dress and the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is wonderful. It's so much fun. But the audiences yeah. are never quite as much fun in those kind of venues because, you know, it's like you're far away and there's less interaction. So both things are really fun yeah. for different reasons. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I love an yeah. outdoor show just because I love being outside and making music and a whole thing. Like that feels really fun to me too. So festivals are fun for that because they're often outdoors, you know. It's the variety, isn't it? And and, and also, yeah. so do you, do you prefer live work over studio work or is it just, it's the same thing? It's just like, they're so different, aren't they? You, you kind of get yeah. used to, you get in studio mode and that's all you want to do. And then you get into live mode and that's all you want to do. And that yeah. kind of, um, I think I prefer, there. like, yeah, totally. Like they're, you need them both. I think I prefer singing in the studio and I prefer when I'm on stage talking to the audience. That's more fun to yeah. me than the singing. You know what I mean? Because, again, <laughs> sure. the musicians that we talk to over here, it's, it, they're all getting used to this idea of live streaming at clubs and so on, but with no audience, of course. And they're saying how strange it is. You get to the end of a number, there's just no feedback. And in jazz clubs particularly, it's all about that feedback, isn't it? it yeah, it's pretty weird doing live streams with nobody. I've done it twice in a club. Um, mostly I've done them at my accompanist apartment. So that doesn't feel as weird. Mm. Do you know what I mean, that feels a little less strange because it's like his two babies are at least there listening to us. We have a small <laughs> audience. They like us very much. 
So, <laughs> you know, but doing it, uh, you know, there's a, a wonderful club here in Los Angeles called, uh, it's a Feinstein's actually, it's Feinstein's at Vitello's. And uh, I filmed two live streams out of there and it was definitely unusual not having the people there, you know. Well, I know Joe's done a couple yeah. of, at the six in London and oh. uh, you said the same thing, haven't you? Yeah, I, it, the first one was awful, like, really weird. Um, then I kind of got used to it. I think after more live streams than anybody else, they said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was starting to get used to it, but I, I just, oh, I can't wait to have the audience back. Yeah. But um, so do, well, you said you had a young son. Does he ever come to your gigs? Do you take him on tour with you? I did. Uh, we Because my husband is my dad, we had him on the road and homeschooled him until he was eight and a half. Um, which was amazing. I, wow, I loved, okay. I loved homeschooling. I, I think it's wonderful when they're little, you know what I mean? It's really, really cool. But now he's in school cause he's in middle school. He's 13. So, you know, homeschooling would be too much for us. So he needs to be in a school and plus he needs to be with his friends and stuff now. You know what I mean? He's not just a baby anymore. He yeah. needs his, his community. So, um, he's in a wonderful school now, but, um, yeah, we took him all over the planet and it was amazing. Are schools all totally back to normal there now? They will fully reopened? They are now, yes. As of two days ago, he's been back in school. Yeah. Oh, as recent as that? As recent as yeah, that? Yeah, he, he distance learned the entire school year. Wow. Yeah. And I, mean, I, know, I know you said you've got a gig coming up this weekend. What's the general? Think- what's the kind of general state out there now? Is it looking more positive, more confident? Oh, yeah. 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 It's definitely. Like, we're on the road to recovery, I think. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, all kinds of gigs happening. Um, you know, I, I know here in the States, we just reached a goal of 200 million vaccinations. Um, so we're really, you know, doing a decent job with it at this point. And, you know, as soon as we can do that, we'll be back to live entertainment. You know what I mean? And it's already starting. Already starting. I mean, I'm thrilled to be actually going and playing live yeah. music this weekend. I can't wait. Where are you playing, Jane? In Scottsdale, Arizona, at the okay. uh, Arizona Music Fest. In the desert, yeah. And do yeah, we have I'm any, doing... sorry, I was going to say, do we have any um, US listeners, David, that we can plug this gig to? Absolutely. If you're in the Arizona That's area. The one thing of radio, of course, is you just never know where people are listening to you from. But, you know, you get emails coming through and, you know, there is a good listenership in the States. And Japan, as always with jazz shows, it, they seem to be popular in Japan. Yes, there's a great, great love of this music there. A mm. Great love. Yes. Mm. And just deviating from a, a conversation of music based for a moment, uh, Joe and I are both avid animal lovers, and I've just seen, we're chatting to Jane on Zoom, there's a beautiful cat that keeps coming into frame. Oh, it must be Luke. It must be Luke. Is he very fluffy? Is it a fluffy yes. one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Luke. I have two cats and two dogs running around here, and a husband who just got home. So there's a house full of creatures. Yes. They're, they're quiet, well behaved. Um, I'm not talking about your husband here. <laughs> they're very quiet and well behaved. They're being very good right now. Normally the dogs, I have two chihuahuas and they're incredibly needy. And normally they'd have been in and out of my lap 40 times by now, but they've been really behaving themselves. I'm proud. <laughs> You've done a good Honestly, job on bringing them up. It's usually my usually my dogs and kids running in <laughs> in the middle of the show. <laughs> Well, my, my son is actually at school today, so. Yeah, so you've got a few hours of sight peace at home then. Uh-huh. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Is there any chance you'll be coming to London to perform, do you think? Oh, my gosh, I can't wait. I want to get back to Ronnie's so bad. I had to, We well, the pandemic canceled. I was supposed to be at Ronnie's last year mm-hmm. uh, in the spring, and the pandemic canceled it. And it's like, 
you know, the greatest club on earth. Like I'm dying to come back. Um, cause it's been a few years since I've been, I haven't been in like four years or something like that. It's crazy. So as soon as they call, I will come running. Have you pretty much done the world musically? Yeah. 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 Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's a, a bunch of places I haven't been um, that I'm dying to go to, but I've been a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the wonderful thing that a musical what's career can live Yeah. How, what's on your hit list for a place that you haven't played that you'd really like to play? You know, I've never spent any time, uh, you know, up really, really north. You know what I mean? I want to get to like Norway and Finland and Sweden, you know, never been up there. Um, and then, um, there's a lot of like South America I've never seen Argentina and Chile, places like that. So yeah, those are my two like main kind of goals. Yeah. I think there's a cool jazz in Norway, isn't it? it that's what I was just going to say that they've always, I mean, they're famed for it as well, aren't they? I actually have a student there. So. <laughs> oh, you do, oh, wow. you, you do tutoring, do you? I do. I teach, um, I teach, you know, via Zoom and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, Almost every jazz musician I know also does. You know, mm. I think it's a really great time if you're, you know, someone who's listening and you want to take a lesson with some jazz musician that you idolize. Now is the time. Contact them on social media because everybody's teaching. The social media reach out to make things so accessible now, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, I witnessed that you're with us here. To, you know, everybody can get in touch. And as you say, with musicians now, having been through a period where they've not been as busy, it's so easy to get in touch with them. Absolutely. And, you know, Jazz musicians love to connect with their audience and their listeners. It's part of what we do. We want to communicate about our music. We want to teach other people about it. It's part of the legacy. You know what I mean? It's important. So I really encourage people to reach out to their heroes because, you know, it's something that we all love, you know. And the worst that can happen is you can be told no. That's about as bad as it can get. If you reach out and somebody doesn't get back, I've had it a few times, you know, people I've fancied having on and, okay, you don't get to hear back. Yeah. And sometimes people just don't get the message too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure like certain people that are really famous, their social media is just flooded with messages and they don't even see them all. You know mm. what I mean? Mine is manageable because I'm just a regular broad. But, oh, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, so I think that's probably the case sometimes too, but yeah, I really encourage people to reach out. So you're, you're back on a plane this weekend. The gigs are beginning to come in again. Is there plans to record as well? Because you are a, a regular in the studio, aren't you? 20-odd albums. I mean, sorry, coming up to 20-odd albums. I mean, so is there plans to record again this year? Not this year, I don't think, because we just made this record and got it out. Um, so I we haven't discussed what we're doing next. That being said, I'm on a lot of other people's albums that are coming out. I've done a lot of Sideman work this year. Um, I'm on a new record by a wonderful singer named Nicholas King, um, wonderful young up and coming jazz and cabaret singer who is incredible. Check him out. Um, let's see who else I'm going to be on the upcoming record of another wonderful cabaret singer, Jonathan Grant. Um, I'm on Robert Bannon's new album. He's a wonderful Broadway vocalist. Um, you know, there's a lot of projects coming out that I'm a part of. So although I come what may, I think is going to be my only album this year. There will be other things. Okay. And if people want to find you, I'm sure they can just. Into search engines. Yeah. Yeah. My website is jmonheightonline.com. Um, 
you know, I don't do my own Facebook. So if anyone messages me there, I won't see it, but I, I do see everything on Instagram. But you have a website that people can yes. get in touch with you on your Instagram. It's your best place or your website. Yeah. Instagram is my best place. Yeah. yeah we, I think we all live a little bit too long in Instagram. That's one of the first things I look at in the morning as well. So yeah, who's, who's direct <laughs> message and who's in touch. And it's always a great platform to do it on, isn't it? So, so Jane, it's been lovely having you on. What's the rest of your day got in, in plan for you then? Your son's at school, so you've got a few hours of peace and quiet around home. I have a few hours left at school. I have um, one student today. And, um, well, I know one thing I'm going to be doing at um, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. One of my favorite, favorite musicians, Billy Stritch, has his live stream show. So I watch it every week, every Thursday. And they're archived on YouTube. If anybody listening is a Billy Stritch fan, you check out his YouTube. You can see all of his shows from the past, his live streams from the past year. Fantastic. And they're wonderful. They're wonderful. <laughs> that sounds Great. like a pretty good day you got in store. Apart from the fact you said it's freezing cold over there. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold and wet. <laughs> we are going to the desert this weekend, so surely you should get some... Uh, oh, hello. Yes, oh, a chihuahua has arrived. <laughs> oh, kisses. Yes, many kisses. <laughs> forever to get here. Oh, it should be in my lap by now, but... Jane, anyway. thank you so very much indeed for coming on. It's been lovely chatting to you. And all the best with the gig this weekend. Hope everything goes to plan for you. Thank you. Thank I'm you just have, so excited. Have a wonderful gig. And we can't wait till you hit London when you get over here. We'll, be, we'll have tickets. We'll be in the front row. <laughs> Yay! I can't wait. I can't wait. Lovely. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thank you.
It's great having Jane on the show. Real, real treat and a bundle of energy, as we've said. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'd love to see her perform live, actually, when she when she comes finally over to the UK. I'd love to, to see her at Ronnie's or The Six or or, the, or wherever it may be that she, she performs. Well, technically, friends now. It'd be rude of her not to invite us. You know, that's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, I, in my imagination, I over-egg things. I think we're best buddies now. <laughs> Stalkers in the front row. <laughs> At least I can hide behind you. It's her fault. It's her fault. And uh, <laughs> finishing off the first part of the interview with a, a lovely samba number, Samba Davao. Uh, all of the tracks we played this evening are on Jane's latest album, Come What May, and it's available on all the normal platforms where you'd expect to find new music. And uh, during the course of the interview, you'll have heard Jane mention that she wanted us... Uh, no, no, it's actually after we finished recording the interview. We were talking about tracks she wanted to play, and she said one of her... Big influences, of course, was Ella. So we dug out something yeah. from Ella along with the Duke Ellington Orchestra and this is the famous Take the A Train. Straight Ahead with David Lewis. Baby didn't do didn't do didn't do didn't do didn't do didn't do 
And we've got one more of Jane's favourite artist, Sarah Vaughan, coming up just before the end of the show. But uh, what say you? We pop up, pop back up to your homeland, back up to the northeast, because uh, one of your compatriots, Zoe Gilby, has uh, recently released a new album, hasn't she? Oh yeah, I'd love that. I haven't been up north for the longest time ever in my life. I think it's been over a year now. How, how long has it been? Oh really? Of course, because well, yeah. all the tr- yeah, yeah, probably Christmas twenty. 20- 19 i think um but yeah let's let's travel up there and um this lady she's a force of nature i get absolutely lost with um how many albums she's released and she just seems to pop them out and they're all just brilliant aren't they (laughs) Mm. they've had they released um living in shadows earlier was it last or the end of last year and and now last wasn't it yeah so he's got this beautiful new album that's um that she's released called Aurora, featuring the wonderful Andy Champion on bass, obviously Russ Morgan on the drums, Mark Williams on the guitar. And, yep, um, you say that's a regular Northeast lineup, yeah. That is, but they're so they're the best, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, again, another one of her albums that's just received brilliant press, uh, so, rightly so, you know. Um, she works so hard and she's so talented, and I think this is the one where she's put. Um, you know, she's written all of it herself, hasn't she? Yes. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah. This is, she was featured. She had a double page feature spread in Jazzwise magazine and she's been getting some, uh, some great feedback from this one. So um, from her new album, Aurora, this is Ebb and Flow. Quiet, crashing, beautiful, the ripple. Cascading, not fading, splashing, lapping, ebb and flow, beguiling, washed away in haste, between bewitching and Mr. Secret. Temptation creeping engulf the sand, creation. will be, will be. Pulled out the copeto, the dog up and I, but only dog go, but only dito, but you did to die. Go by, over to let it and dog go, bit, but then they go go bit day, go by, go by, top of battle, then they open they do, beto babo bay.
and flow Beguiling Washed away In haste Between bewitching and mist A secret Temptation will be Yes, since uh, Zoe was kind enough to send me the album through just prior to its general release, I've been supporting and playing tracks. And I say that is the benefit, the real kick I get out of radio is that you can support artists directly and draw attention mm-hmm. to their work and their body's work and try and just get to a little bit of airplay to it so people go out and hopefully buy the album, not only stream it. And Because uh, on that particular album, what she, it was very clever what she did. She took the, yeah. the music of US trumpet player and composer Tom Harrell and put lyrics to it. I didn't know she was a, right. I didn't recall that she was so much of a prolific songwriter. Well, yeah, she's a lyricist. Um, so that was an idea that she's had, you know, she's, she took all of his music and, and wrote the lyrics to it. But I think that when she and um, her husband, Andy Champion, they've written quite a lot of original music together as well. Um, mm. So they, and they definitely, I th- the first time I ever saw them, they were reworking, they have, they, they have this bass and voice duo um, which is a brave thing to do, you know, just to go and see a, a vocalist with a bassist and that's it for the whole show. But they just have this great dynamic between them where they are so super um, locked in together and they can express themselves just through two instruments and they've taken songs from all different genres, mainly jazz, but then also they go into the kind of Tom Waits area and also um, Nick Cave, that kind of thing. And they rework these songs just for the bass and the voice. And the and, and Joni Mitchell's another favourite of Zoe's as well. And they they make these songs live with just two instruments. And it's a really, really great show, actually, because mm. I think a lot of people think, oh, could I sit through just bass and voice all night? Um, you know, for, for two hour sets or whatever. But the answer is yes. When these two do it, yes, you can. <laughs> it's really, they, you know, they live together. They, they get to practice a lot and they have these late night vinyl sessions and they pick really great songs and then they work them out between them. And so it's really well thought out, you know, it's, um, and they've got a couple of albums like that. So that was the first time I saw them. But, um, you know, they, they write together as well. And Because um, they're still living up in the Northeast, aren't they? They haven't they decamped are, down to yeah. London. They don't need to. To. They, they clean up up there, I tell you. They, they travel around. They don't mind traveling. They're, they're all mm. over the place. They were all the festivals and, um, and you know, they're, I think they're happy just to, to do that, to be honest. Um, when we interviewed Zoe and, and Andy together, they, they, love, they, they love the way that it works up there. You know, why, why spend so much money living down in London? <laughs> 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 you say ruefully with regret in your voice. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, and and just thought we should recap on the live streams at the club as we're coming towards the end of the show. There's two live streams at the club this weekend on Friday. The amazing Tony Kofi, both saxmen this weekend. Uh, Tony Kofi is going to be with us, and then on Saturday, Dave Lewis. And you know what to do to go and. Uh, Book your seats, your ringside seats, before the club once again opens its doors. So let's go back to uh, that track that we said we were going to play for Jane. She loves Sarah Vaughan, and I guess which singer doesn't? And he, uh, She kind of could drop a pin to say which number, but she singled it down to just one. So we're going to play Wave. And that was.
you're Sarah Vaughan with Wave. So we br- spoke briefly about your album. I know it's all wrapped up pretty much now. And uh, what's the stage of the process like now then? So does it go off uh, mastering, mixing, and then the well, final product released? We, no, we've got a few more recording sessions to do, and there's a few things need to be vocaled and a few extra instruments added. And then we'll have a couple of listening sessions and make sure we've got everything, and then it will be mixed by Jamie McCready. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah Santa has produced half the album and Jamie, Jamie McCready is producing the other half and then Jamie will mix it all then it goes off to be mastered then we're going to have it pressed to vinyl so that's about a three month process vinyl so copies too needs, I know Ooh, it's going to be so exciting so that goes off and then if you want to get it out on the social media um, not social media like Spotify and digital sorry I should mm-hmm. say digital mm-hmm. platforms you need to have a good run up to that as well so it's a lot of prep you probably need three months be- between completing the album not to mention the artwork that needs to we mm-hmm. haven't even started <laughs> you need probably which expresses a lot about the album doesn't it getting the artwork yeah. right is terribly Absolutely. important i'm obsessed with blue note actually blue note records and oh, how beautiful and yeah. classic every single vinyl cover album cover is and you know like I, I, if you're going to make music that means so much to you you know you've got to package it up in in, in something beautiful as well it's got to look good and I made a mistake with my first album that I recorded where um, it was just, you know, like a, a jazz album and I didn't take enough care on the artwork and I, I regret that. So with Weather in the Storm, we were obsessed that it was going to be, you know, tell a story from the um, minute you picked it up in your hands. And this, I hoped for this to be the same for this album. So, yeah, there's got to be a lot of thought put into that. A lot of work <laughs> between now and the, the fall. How very American on me, the fall, autumn. The fall. I do apologise. Um, <laughs> so that's, a, yeah, I know. Two, <laughs> two artists on the bounce I've had from America because the week before that I had Lisa Hilton. So I've been all Americanized. Um, I promise you, I'll deep cleanse. It won't happen. So our time is up. We'll be back together again on the uh, last show on of the month in, what will that be then, May? And we're going to wrap up the show this week with the lead single from your new album, the beautiful track of you and Paul Edis. And this is If I Knew. Joe, thanks so much indeed. And I'll catch you next month. Thank you. I'll see you next month. Bye-bye. If I knew that would be the last time I would have held you much closer if I knew If I knew that would be the last time I should have kissed you so much deeper If I knew I wish I'd lingered a little longer with my gaze I wish I'd told you all the things I If I knew that would be the last time I would have tried to remember the warmth of your hand, your skin on mine, 
Say goodbye If only 